0: Okay, everyone, welcome to you. Welcome to The Networking Diary. Everyone, welcome to you. This month, we have the wonderful Joseph Luckett. Um, I have known Joseph for a little while now, and he, he, if what he doesn't know about networking isn't worth knowing. So his book, for those that aren't familiar with it, well, you should be because it's a number one international best-selling book. Zero to one hundred folks. There we are. Matchy matchy. There we are. Although you've got the hardback version there, I've got the paperback version in front of me. Um, he is dialing in all the way from St. Charles, Missouri. Um, I'm, it's an absolute pleasure to have you with us today, Joseph. I'm really excited to get cracking on some questions about networking, something that I'm obviously very, very passionate about. Um, perhaps you'd like, like to tell our listeners about why you decided to do the book in the first place.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Lizzie, first, I want to address and say thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm truly appreciated given our time difference. But one of the reasons that I created the book is I was that person that went to the library to ask my librarian where the business networking section was. And the librarian told me there isn't a business networking section, but she as well referred to it as the IT department. (laughs) <laughs> and I didn't mean the IT department, and I was also that same guy who tried to Google data surrounding networking, meaning finding somebody who's actually measured it um, and a process that I could follow that produced a measurable outcome. And so, based on my homework, I came up with nothing. I came up with no book that was universal to all, that was inclusive to all, that walked that worked across all geographical locations, all ethnicities, all races. Um, I didn't find anything like that. And that was one of the reasons of many that I created a book that has a process that works with whatever channel of networking you so choose to participate in, it will work.
0: Brilliant. And uh, you kind of... Um touched upon the very fact that it's uh works right across the globe as well and i completely agree with that some some really interesting facts that will come on to later on about how different countries do different different have different personalities when it comes to networking which is fascinating in itself so um the For those to give you a bit of context as to what the book involves, we've got uh, quite a few uh, questions coming up, but really it's about creating a networking formula. So maybe you can explain a little bit more on what the book delves into with the networking formula.
1: Yes, the book dives into the entire business networking process from an educational perspective. So from the, from the do's, from the don'ts, to the type of networkers that are in every room across the globe to the type of networking organizations, and so much more. That's what the book dives into.
0: Brilliant. Well, this is number one. of. I'll ease you in slowly, Joseph. So one of the questions I ask everybody is, can you tell us about your first networking experience?
1: Very much so. Uh, That networking experience was well over a decade ago, and it was through an invitation. And a friend of mine that invited me happened to be late. And I stood in line and the people that were working the sign-in table were talking to every single person that approached the table. So I was that person that got up to the table to sign in and the individuals that were working behind the table never spoke to me. And I was that same guy that sat between two other individuals who never spoke to me either. Weeks later, I found out that they weren't used to having African-Americans or minorities attend their meetings. That was a phone call that I received. And every room that I walked into didn't look like me. And that also took me down the journey of going to the library, looking up fat, and then Googling Googling information surrounding that. That was my very first experience um, when it comes to networking. And I could not believe that this opportunity was in my backyard. And I thought that St. Charles, Missouri was the only community that had opportunities like this, kind of like living in Maine you privy to fresh lobster and seafood. <laughs> I thought networking, just living here, that was one of the perks that yeah. you got just living here.
0: Ah, well, I'm sorry to hear that you that you had that that experience. One of the things that you kind of touched upon there is um, one of the um, one of the things we discussed before before recording is the pandemic or, or COVID nineteen has enabled us to broaden our horizons in terms of networking we realize actually that local networking doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be local networking anymore it can be international networking we can broaden our contacts whether that is as you said or you know your your local patch uh, whether it's in the UK whether it's in Europe Asia or or, you know the states and international so one of the things um, uh, I'd love to talk to you about that I picked up on your book I'm not entirely sure which, which page it is, I'm sure you'll probably be able to tell me, uh, is about virtual networking and the, how you have found virtual networking versus meeting people face-to-face.
1: Um, I often say, and let me know, Lizzie, if I missed a mark on your question, but I have often told people that when it's all said and done, going into the future of networking, you're one of three people. One, you're a person that does all of your business networking on the internet. Hmm. Number two, you're a person that will revert back to in person. One hundred percent of that will be in person. Yeah. Or three, you will be a person that will be a hybrid networker, where a portion of your meetings are going to be done online based on the person you're talking to, and a portion of your meetings are also going to be done in person. Now, I will segue directly into gestures, greetings. How does that apply to that? Well, it used to be you were a handshaker or you were a hugger.
0: <laughs> this is very true.
1: Pandemic happens now, a person has become either a handshaker, a hugger, fist bump, elbow bump, <laughs> or foot tap. Nice. So it, it's advanced in that respect, <laughs> and that's not something that has a shelf life. That will be something moving forward that people will continuously do. And I'll also add to the hybrid piece. You could also be a telephonic person where you prefer most of your meetings over the phone mm. versus in person or virtual seeing a person's face.
0: Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna um, touch upon the hybrid element because networking. So I run lots of different networking groups. I'm a Women in Business Network franchisee where I have nine, uh, no eight face to face groups, and I've seen a real um, surge of people coming back to face to face. My business has grown by 20% in the last two weeks, which is wow. massive. Yeah, huge, yeah. Uh, where everybody's just returned to face-to-face. The online networking uh, has slowed down, I think, because now everybody thinks that there's an option for face-to-face. So I'd rather check that out first. So with Networking 90, it's purely online, but we are now moving to a quarterly uh, face-to-face networking. Which is an additional one. Um, and they can do sort of a face to face mastermind as well. Because I think people do need that interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to build that trust and rapport is really, really important. Absolutely. Um, so, one of the things. Uh, You mentioned about different people, how they network across the country. We've obviously, um, I don't know if you've been able to check it out, but there's an interesting podcast by Anna Publico Ong. uh, And we were talking about um, networking in Asia, which is quite uh, an interesting one. So this really resonated with me. So for those that aren't familiar with the disk profiling, maybe you can go into, into that a little bit more about, the different type of people that go to networking or how the different type of people may interact with one another, depending upon their personality type.
1: Yes. But I also want to add something to why some people are going back to face to face. Oh yeah. Please do. I call that networking fatigue or virtually fatigue. So they are, they are virtually fatigued because maybe they're homeschooling their kids. And then you're asking them to get back on the screen for some more screen time to have a conversation with you. They're fatigued completely. Uh, and then some people are uncomfortable with maybe how their house looks uh, or technology. And when you do something in person, you really don't have all those tech, those technological issues when you yeah. go back there in person.
0: That, that's true, um, but I think there is definitely a market for online in the fact there are some people that are not still not comfortable with meeting others, mm-hmm. um, people that are time poor. Uh, generally, I'm thinking like the legal sector in particular. Um, time is money for them. Not, not that it's not for anybody, everybody else, but in particular. Um, and those that might be living with somebody that's vulnerable as well. That's I a little 100% bit more agree. Vicious. I yeah. agree 100%. So I
1: think and, it and will
0: go full circle. Like you were saying, the three the three key people at the moment are those that definitely want a face-to-face. are like, no, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. Definitely those that want online. And then uh, we'll see what happens in the middle.
1: <laughs> correct, correct, absolutely. And, and also seg- segue directly into your question about the different types of personalities. I would also, I guess, relate that to the different types of channels to be able to network so a person can network through a religious-based organization they can network through an association-based networking group a gender-based networking group it can be an exclusive or non-exclusive uh networking organization it can be an association-based networking organization and each one of those categories has a personality attached to it it's
0: very interesting and depending
1: on your personality you're going to be drawn to one over the other. Maybe from from an activity-based networking situation, you could be that person that loves to play golf or games and network in that respect. And that is for a more fun person, a person that's not really so structured, but they just like to have fun while while doing business with each other. But you could be that person on the opposite side of the spectrum that just wants to network with their religious-based organization because you feel that you need to be in company with like-minded individuals. Yep.
0: Yeah, so sure.
1: so there, there are so many different uh, personalities and those personalities also tie into different cultures. And based on the personality and the culture and the behaviors that one exudes can determine which type of networking organization that they do pick. But more importantly, when you're able to tell somebody about that consciously, make them aware, they, they can be more intentional and a bit more poignant in terms of how they go about networking in their day-to-day lives.
0: How do you network if you're introverted?
1: So one of the pages uh, with your book handy that I'd I'd say go to would be go to page 108 in your book from a visual perspective. And when you go to page 108, if I could, I'm going to read you a dear friend of mine who happens to be an introverted networker. And I would also say to you, Lizzie, I would love for you to meet her. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I would really love for her to meet you. Um, So her name, quote, my friend Kimberly Ferguson shared her thoughts with me on how virtual networking enhanced her connections through the 2020 pandemic. I find myself able to be be much more intentional about virtual networking. Instead of meeting up every six months or a year, I check in with people more often via Facebook, text message, or phone call. I have to think about and plan times to check in with people as I don't see them out and about anymore. I think it's been a really good shift that I plan to continue even as things return to in-person networking. Kimberly Ferguson. So we go back to how do you network if you're an introverted person? Uh, I would also reference page 56 in my book as well. And page 56 highlights what is called the wing person. I'm gonna read it here directly. Uh, Tip, introverted, new to networking. To network more efficiently in-person Take a wing person with you. Go to events with a friend, coworker, or referral partner, and ask that person to introduce you to others. It helps ease the tension, and you'll find yourself opening opening up more and more. You might even set up a caffeinated moment before the day is gone. And if you're networking virtually, which is predominantly one-on-one meetings, yeah. look at it as an opportunity to have more control over who you connect with and when. That's
0: very true. Um, one of the things that I try and do uh, if I have a VISTA coming along is to send them a handy top tips element. So hmm. I'll give them a structure of what's going to be happening at the meeting ahead of it. So they feel reassured that they're not sort of delving deep into the deep end, so to speak. What would you class yourself, Joseph?
1: <laughs> I would say that I'm an ambervert
0: Ah, well, we did an activity recently about ambiverts. They're the best salespeople. Did you know that?
1: I did not know that.
0: Uh, There we go. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'll
0: send you a link. It's very good. Yeah,
1: please. I'd love to to see it or listen to it or watch it or what have you. But I'm an ambivert. I typically like to feel out a room if I'm going to the room in person I like to see how people are actually connecting. I like to see, is there an overabundance of business cards being handed? Or is there an overabundance of genuine gestures and greetings uh, that are happening in that room? But more importantly, I like to see how the owner of that organization is interacting with their members. Are they busy mentally and not there presently? I like to watch all of those things take place place when I go to some sort of in-person function.
0: Getting back to the, to the disk profiling, um, could you give us, a, a? I know in your book, you, you kind of go into a little bit more detail. Could you give us a little bit of an overview at all? So our listeners yeah. know what the difference is between a red, a blue, a green, and a yellow. I th- what I find particularly interesting when it comes to networking is if you're a red, you're going to network very differently to somebody who's a blue and a green.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, um, there's there's two sides. And I, I think that I'll, I'll do an overarching answer to that because there's a sure. lot to unpackage with your question. And those statistics that are there, um, I will tell you that DISC is the how in terms of how somebody does something. And the motivator is the second side, why that person is doing what they're doing. Yeah. And under that overarching umbrella of the, of the disc and the motivator, the how and the why you have these different colors and these different colors highlight the different types of personalities and behaviors. And it's all backed by science. So you could have, you could have a person that is a high D um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to mess up my languages, languages, why I, I am slow to go into the high D low d high i low i <laughs> that is why i left it as a broad statement um yeah. in that regard so i don't mess up anything if you can let me just um go for it stay clear in that regard
0: <laughs> <laughs> so i'm a high d with a bit of i which is a yet which is a yellow so i'm very creative but very driven and very direct mm. one of the things that we you know i come across in different networking groups is those that are um more of a planner or a bit more reserved not necessarily an introvert but those that are more of an s and a c uh, i've forgotten what s and c stands for now joseph if you're gonna have to help me out uh, <laughs> 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 um, they they actually do probably do the most business around the table but don't tell anybody about it so when we ask for like who's passed referrals they won't automatically put their hand up but actually behind the scenes they're probably the ones that are doing the most work
1: absolutely but but I also want to make sure that you express and we bring to the table there's b2b yeah. and there's b2c yeah and so those Different types of people. The B2B is not a person that you would normally catch in the networking scene. Um, uh, Running, what I mean by that is the the B2B person, business to business is what that stands for, and B2C, business to consumer. They are two different types of people and they will go about different groups in that regard. One of the groups here that is a B2B specific group is, is highly male oriented. Yeah. Where I live here. I've, I haven't seen a B2B that has more, from a ratio standpoint, that has more women than men
0: I mean. over here. Yeah. Ooh, there we go. Yes, yeah, So Absolutely. All, all my networking is generally business to business. It's very rarely business to consumer. It's very interesting. If you are a little bit more introverted, um, what would you say is a really good top tip when you go networking?
1: Simple. Um, I would say to you on that question, if you're a bit more networking, what would I say that one should do? One of the things that an introverted person can do is find out about that networking organization, find out who's going to be attending that organization, reach out to some of the individuals that are gonna be attending on that particular day, schedule what I coin as caffeinated moments, which is a simply a one-to-one meeting with those individuals. So on the exact day of the event, you have three, four, or five of those individuals you already met with previously at the event, but more importantly, they're in contact with you, which then therefore segues over to the wing person because somebody out of that could be your wing person. And having that wing person there keeps that introverted in in a very thriving state. And I would also say to you in that same breath, virtual networking has shown to be uh, a big strength an introverted person because it gives them full autonomy and full control and they won't have anybody to make them feel uncomfortable they've already made themselves feel comfortable while coming on the screen and planning it when they need to plan it that is one of the most awesome things that the pandemic has showcased for an introverted networker
0: joseph i completely i completely get where you're coming from in fact interestingly some of my online groups i asked uh we did sort of an introvert versus extrovert uh, activity recently and it was those that were on the online group more were in would class themselves as more of an introvert than an extrovert so it's really interesting that you brought that up we've been speaking about things that we should do during networking I would love for you to tell me three don'ts of networking
1: wonderful I'm going to reference page 151 in the book from, from a visual perspective
0: yeah Go. For and
1: us. so so when you look at the the don'ts, one of the things I reference uh, in this section is not wearing a name tag. Yeah. When you go to, um, and the reason why I reference not wearing a name tag is the person is less engaged. They're busy trying to read your name tag versus the actual gesture, the handshake or the hug. Hi, my name is Phil. Uh, they're busy reading the name tag. Yeah. Um, particular- go ahead
0: particularly if you're a woman, it's really annoying when someone just looks like they're reading your cleavage area as well.
1: (laughs) And you just echoed what I was going to say. Absolutely. Yes. So so a woman wearing a name tag, from that perspective, you do have um, individuals that their mind could be a bit in the gutter. (laughs)
0: So if a
1: woman has a name tag, you're busy reading that, which can therefore give out terrible signals and make the entire experience not only negative for that person, but negative for the entire room. Because if you're sitting down and you have to give an elevator pitch and you may be sitting down next to the person that was looking at your chest, now you have a problem being comfortable trying to deliver something where you've been offended or it's a traumatic experience. So not wearing a name tag. Number two, uh, in the book, I'd recommend uh, never adding somebody to your newsletter.
0: Yeah, it's so uh, true.
1: I, I, because some people think that adding somebody to their newsletter. Just
0: ask, man.
1: <laughs> just, just ask or, or, better yet, lead with permission. Yeah, I agree. Lead with permission because just because you add somebody to your newsletter, that's that person, that networker that is transactional. Yeah. And they only believe in the short-term game of networking. They don't believe in winning the no. game, which is relationship-based.
0: Yeah. And your third one?
1: And my third one, um, out of so many that I do have here, <laughs> I would say don't share your website within your elevator pitch.
0: Yeah, I agree with that too.
1: Don't um, do no, that. because
0: Google's your friend.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't, don't share your website. Inside of the elevator pitch, because people are not going to write the entire URL down. But yeah, more importantly, works. it's it's showing somebody that you are a rushing type person. And I often tell people is you can't sprint a friendship, you can only marathon it.
0: Yep. In fact, that's one of one of the titles of one of my blogs there, Joseph, if you fancy it. It's networking is not a sprint, it's a marathon. There we are. Um, so, I, in fact, I, that was the, the one key thing that I picked out from the book, actually, is the number of people that tell us your website. Uh, it's it's a given that you've got a website, really. So, um, one other thing that, the, uh, that is a don't for me is people that come along to the meeting and then feel that they have to prove that they are super connected and they have loads and loads of connections, uh, which is fine. Um, But then I ask why on earth are you coming then if you're super connected and you have lots and lots of connections?
1: Oh, I I wanna make sure I say this right to you. Um, There's two two sides here, two sides of, of many, but there's two that come to mind. One, when a person says that, that sometimes is an indicator in terms of the groups they've been in. They feel mm. like it's a gloating contest. So they've never yeah, been well, a part yeah. of
0: it. Yeah, that, so, I find it odd. I find it odd behavior to me.
1: But, but they don't know it. They're the picture. No, you're the that's frame. very true. Correct. That, that, and that's where we come in. We get the opportunity to be the frame to their picture. We get to consciously oh, tell them that they don't have to do that any longer because maybe the groups they were a part of was a gloating game. You had to say that.
0: Yeah, yeah that's true.
1: So, so also a person that does have a lot of connections and that is in that room, one of the biggest value as that they have, is it's now just a plug and play of warm introductions to people in the room. That, that's, that's the key. So if, I, if I'm meeting with John, Sue, Mary, Bob, that's in that room and I come with loads of connections, I get to not only learn about you and your motivations, your intentions, so on and so forth, but then again, I get to sift in my network of relationships that I've kindled over the years, and I get to just plug and play. I
0: get
1: to plug and play twofold. I get to plug and play, one, to the networker that's in the room, and number two, I get to plug and play to the owner who owns the networking organization because maybe they're missing something in their group from an industry perspective. They may lack the trades field. Yeah. And and maybe I'm connected to those. That that's what I would say to that question and or statement or comment. (laughs)
0: There we go. (laughs) Never saw it that way. That's a great way of doing it. (laughs) So in your book, you mentioned about the networking tree. Uh, This is something that I thought was um, particularly interesting. So maybe you can describe it a little bit better for us.
1: I will describe it in the best way that I can because that is is a feature that's on the second piece of our business model. Ah. So so the, the book is the first piece and the book over time will roll out into 100 languages, including Braille. Wow. And then the second piece of the business model is going to be an entire social media platform and app that is fully patented. And that solves all of the challenges in networking with the solution, which we call a feature. Brilliant. So, well,
0: I'm glad I got my my interview in first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, that's where the networking tree, it attributes to one of the features that's going to be on the social media platform and the
0: app. Brilliant. Well, look, uh, I ask everybody this question. Tell us your favorite networking story.
1: Favorite networking story is me being in a coffee shop, sitting down with an individual. We're high-fiving, we're handshaking, we are laughing uh, with each other, and an individual gets to the end of the meeting and says, Joseph, I have something I need to tell you. I reply back, with what? And the individual says, I don't do business with African-American people. And so I specifically, this is a true story, I specifically said, that's totally okay, you're still uh and this person stood up and gave me a hug wow. and was crying on my shoulder. And that for the first time in their entire life, they never knew that African-Americans weren't bad people. What they've been told their entire lives is that African-Americans are incompetent. Uh, they're drug dealers. They're gang- gangsters. They're threats. They take our women. That, that is what this individual was used yeah. to coming across. They don't articulate well. So meeting me was an entire paradigm shift. And number two, They never knew that there were African-American networkers in the networking space that could have some sort of empathy or be quite sympathetic to who they were and be understanding without being violent. Um, That is one of my absolute best stories.
0: Brilliant. Well, my networking story seems really boring now in comparison. I have to say, I think you might have trumped the best networking story so far.
1: <laughs>
0: my networking story is about somebody coming in thinking it was a a a, a boozy lunchtime networking event, hmm. and managed to to knock the whole of the tea and coffee station down <laughs> in in one go. <laughs>
1: wow
0: she kind of um pulled the tablecloth and the whole thing just came the whole thing just came the whole station came down yeah did
1: you did you get any liquid on you or did any liquid no
0: we were very very lucky from that point of view I think the the delegate uh had had a few by that stage uh despite it being a 12 o'clock lunch and um Yeah, very, very fortunate from that point of view. But yeah, so that was my networking story for today. (laughs) But as I can tell you, very much won the competition there. Being the networking guru that you are, if you had to give one piece of advice to somebody that is thinking about going to networking, new to networking, haven't done it before, what would you recommend?
1: I would tell them to go into networking from a value-add perspective um, with thinking about the other person's goals, dreams and aspirations first. And once you do that, then whatever it is that you're coming to the table needing and wanting will magically become a reality for you. That's what I would say.
0: That's a, a brilliant golden nugget there, I love it. Uh, one-to-ones. Now you mention uh, caffeinated moments in your book and that's because you work in the, uh, the coffee industry. A good one-to-one. Now, for me, I find it really, really challenging doing one-to-ones. I keep it for my members only, and that's because I have 150 members, and that is a one-to-one every other day. In fact, it's more or less every working day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How can we make sure we aren't leaving a sour taste in someone's mouth uh, when it comes to one-to-ones? Um, I get asked a lot for one-to-ones, uh, but they tend to be that people want them straight off the bat rather than kind of building relationship first and then a one-to-one. What's your view?
1: I would simply say to you, one, let's address caffeinated moment. I went with that word, quote, caffeinated moment, because we I didn't like know it. who who owns one-to-one or face-to-face. Oh. We, we never could find out who. Neither committed.
0: have I, quite frankly. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's.
1: <laughs> so we never. A
0: one-on-one,
1: yeah. Yeah, we never we never could find out um, who owns any of those words. So from a legal perspective, I wanted to create something that didn't have any sort of connotation tied to it. Caffeinated yeah. moment simply means uh, you're caffeinated within that moment in time of meeting with John, Sue, or Mary. Caffeinated moment. So it's another addition to your face-to-face or one-to-one. We just call it caffeinated moment. Um, in that respect. Uh, When it comes to people asking you for one-to-one, one one of the things I always tell people to stay away from is the word busy. Um, There's 729 hours in a month yeah, and and no one's busy. It's either you're busy or productive. I often tell people that (laughs) busy is a a colorful way of saying I'm unorganized and not good with managing my time. <laughs> so, and, and if you use busy, John, that's wanting to have a one to one with you because you've used the word busy, he's then going to take his business elsewhere up the road with somebody yeah. who doesn't use that word. So, it's so a
0: terrible word, really. Even when people are in coming, it's supposed to come along to a networking group and they say, I'm sorry, I'm too busy. I'm like, what does yeah. <laughs> it cor- gives the wrong cor- connotation?
1: Correct. So, I, I, I would always take a one to one. But I would also let John or Sue know that we need to schedule this 90 days out. And by doing that, I then give them the reason why. Yeah. So, so they understand that they are, um, they are important to me. So I, yep. always, I always do it in that regard. And in a one-to-one, I often make sure that the person is leaving me, if we've gotten to that point, with some warm introductions that mm-hmm. I can make for that person. Not the business the person first, the business is secondary to that.
0: Yeah, I agree. One of the things that you you mentioned on one-to-ones, and I absolutely loved it, was your business dating analogy. So how does this translate to networking?
1: Um, you, you'd find it quite humorous. That, that word came <laughs> up from a buddy of mine. Uh, in my book, his name is Jeff Earhart. So the time that we were having a meeting with each other, was the day that we both came up with that. If you go to page 154 in your book, that is Jeff Earhart. So that exact same day, we both came up with that that word. And then I asked his permission for putting that in here. Business dating, where two people get together with no intention of making introductions or passing referrals, you might as well just say you wanted to take a one hour lunch break. (laughs) So, So I often tell people, don't be a business date um for
0: somebody that's not something else that they need no that's it Mm -hmm. uh yeah I love that analogy because quite I have met a few people like that I have to say there we are yeah so I was going to say that you've you've had lots of different reviews on your book which is fantastic maybe you can tell us a little bit more about where we can purchase get our mitts on one of these lovely books
1: um one, you can go to Amazon.com and purchase directly from there, or you can go to zero two one hundred dot i as an item o as an oscar forward slash store, the word store. So that's z-e-r-o t o one zero zero dot i as an item o as an Oscar forward slash store, and they'll be able to um purchase a book. From those links.
0: Awesome. So just a recap, it's zero to 100. That's zero, but in words, to 100, as in numbers, there we are, by uh, Joseph Luckett. Uh it's available on Amazon. That's where I got my my handy copy from. It is a really good read. If you're new to networking, an avid networker, it's got something for everybody. Joseph, uh, have you got any other any other snippets for us before we say goodbye? I could talk to yeah. you for hours, quite frankly, <laughs> but the time difference means that I'm I'm I need my cider. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, you, uh, you're on
0: lunchtime, I'm I'm ready for my dinner.
1: we we can we can most certainly get a time outside of this so we can we can um, connect with each other and I'll make sure to get us a date but what I'll leave your audience with is one of my favorite quotes serve the human race don't cherry pick the race in other words serve everybody equally
0: brilliant I love it Thank you very much, Joseph. You've been an absolute pleasure. Don't forget to check out the Networking Diaries on the I Want to Network website for handy tips and our latest blog, which is all about uh, networking in the 12th century. Yes, you heard it right, networking in the 12th century. I'm Lizzie Phillips, this is Joseph Luckett and this is Networking Diaries.